welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for. We then revisit it and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jerbez, and I'm joined by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Keen. How's it going, Connor? Good, dude. Uh, I am feeling. I'm, I'm feeling. I'm looking around my, my world and I'm seeing this movie in so much of like the popular culture I enjoy and the stuff that uh, has influenced me uh, just in, in subtle ways. Like I feel like uh, I've uh, on, on a, on a grand scale, I feel it's, it's like if I was to, to uh, use hyperbole, I'd, I'd say, I feel like fucking Rowdy Roddy in, in they live, like I'm looking around and there's the fucking propaganda posters everywhere and everyone's aliens and shit. But on a on a like more realistic level, it's more like when I don't know you 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 buy a car or you you uh, you want to get some kind of thing and then you start seeing it everywhere or you start making associations yeah, yeah. everywhere you see it. I had that experience watching this movie and I'm I'm really excited to uh, to shoot to chew the fat with you about it. Excellent. That movie, of course, is the 1984 action sci-fi kind of horror movie. The Terminator, directed by James Cameron, written by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd, stars, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean. A human soldier is sent from the future to stop an almost indestructible cyborg killing machine sent from the same time, which has been programmed to execute a young woman whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. Really fucking cool premise. Super fucking cool premise. Something that when it came out, there'd been no movie like this before ever. You probably yeah, find totally. that kind of concept. It's not an entirely original concept in like pulpy science fiction novels and all sorts of shit. Because sci-fi novels, I don't know if you've like gone to a bookstore in the past decade since they closed. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> what, in the past six months? No. <laughs> and, but um, uh, in general... There's so much fucking sci-fi shit that you've like never heard of before if you don't read a lot of sci-fi literature. No, I don't read a, a lot of I, Any I, literature. I hate this about myself, but I don't read a lot of literature full stop. Like I, I pick and choose once in a blue moon, a, a book yeah. will grab my attention. I'll really enjoy it and then I'll uh, I'll fall off with it again. Mm. Well, I think of myself as a big science fiction movie fan and then you look mm-hmm. at those books on the shelf and you go, what the fuck are all of these? I've never heard of any <laughs> yeah, of this right, stuff. Okay. Your, your big science fiction fan dick just shrivels <laughs> at the sight of the, of the sci-fi book section. So I can't claim that this is a entirely unique original story, but in terms of what we'd seen on you know, on film before, fucking mm. holy shit, been nothing yeah, like totally. it. And I think too, like that's the the premise that you or the synopsis that you just read is what we know about today. I don't know how they. Uh, advertised it um, back in the day, but I can imagine going into this movie uh, knowing nothing of it. That opening shot of like the 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 fucking landscape, this post-apocalyptic, yeah. futuristic wasteland, and the like in the kind of digital uh, font, computer digital font. Machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. Their war to exterminate mankind had raged for decades, but the final battle would not be fought in the future. It would be fought here in our present. Tonight. Tonight. Fuck, that is so cool, dude. That that tonight, one word. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, uh, it's kind of a bit of a a, a sci-fi trope to have your your like plot dump in text at the beginning of the movie, but this is so mm-hmm. short and succinct. And without it, 
I feel like it would be it's it gives you that that sci-fi hint to it before yeah. everything else because everything else we see after that is pure suspense and so well built up showing us not telling us all of these little things that you're kind of yeah having to piece together yourself mm-hmm. and I mean the 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 scene that follows you mentioned last week uh, this movie having a little bit of a horror almost slasher movie kind of vibe. If, if if we're talking like old school slasher or like you know the the Jasons and Michael Myers yeah, and yeah. such, yeah, this this opening thing and the the thing on screen really does establish that. And then going to the next scene, it's it is horrific and uh, you know brutal and violent, violent uh, and a little bit schlocky. But you're still like geared for for uh, a sci-fi bent, yeah. Because besides which those little overall. Uh, like blue lightning bolts mm-hmm. is very, very little of anything until all the way up until the bar scene. Uh, after Arnie takes a bunch of shots and gets back up, it's like, yeah. okay, there isn't, there's something about this dude that's weird. And after yeah, that, I mean, we, he's we chasing them the into the alley. And uh, we see that finally we see Arnie's point of view of that red vision with the crosshair and all the little lines of shit coming up on the screen. So, yeah, I don't know how. I know notoriously the Terminator sequels after this, almost every single trailer, spoiled something in the film. I don't know if the trailer for the first movie gave away mm-hmm. too much. Mm. Uh, because Yeah, yeah I, I think um, uh, we do get that that uh, flashback sequence with Kyle in the in the car where he's like falling asleep and he has the nightmare of, of but being But the thing the with all of those flashbacks is we never see any uh, regular Terminators in that future sequence. That's, that's in, true. That's in that's the true. yeah. That's true. That's they in Terminator Two stuff. That. We see yeah, in Terminator Two all right of those all those T eight hundreds walking around with the bigger that's hunter true. killers and and stuff shooting. But in this one, that's we true. just see the gigantic tanks and the mm-hmm. flying ones. So seeing Arnie, you, it's it's still not a hundred percent. Like the movie never tells you like this is a robot. Yeah, yeah. Like, we true. know that from the whole Terminator uh, shtick. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but to begin with, it's it's so little dialogue and it's just a contrast of okay, we're seeing we're seeing Arnie and we're seeing Michael Bean. And yeah. one of them came back through time and didn't like feel a thing, and the other yeah. one is like lying on the ground, wincing in pain. Yeah, yeah. One As- guy has like killed a bunch of people, stolen their clothes. Like yeah, ripped like his robbed a gun fucking- store. Yeah, and like the uh- the clean like clinical thinking of just going to the gun store, loading the bullet in, shooting him, boom, done. Yeah, yeah, all good. Walking out. Where Kyle is like, he's running around, the cops are seeing him, he's having to run through the the the, the shopping mall, yeah. stealing guns, and then like, you know, he's like sawing off the the butt of the shotgun so he can like mm-hmm. loop it under his jacket so it's well hidden and all of this stuff. You get so much uh like character from that. Yeah. But you're at, you're having to like work it out and and piece it together as it's going. It's so good. Yeah. The first act of the movie, uh, suspense wise, and building up that tension is still like oh, it's perfect. fucking wonderful. It's wonderful. And I think, uh, dude, I I kept being struck not only by uh, what a footprint this movie has has had in in popular culture since it came out, uh, and how much uh, of an influence it's had on, especially the music. I enjoy. I was also struck by. Uh, like a kind of sadness that I will never get to experience this movie for the first time and that I don't think anybody will get to experience this movie without some, or at least let's say in, in like the, the Western world, with without some understanding, some knowledge yeah, of what, what they're is. getting into. Yeah. 
Like going into this completely blind, man, especially like seeing this when it first came out would have been fucking mind blowing. Absolutely. Um, especially that 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 uh, reveal of the skeleton at the end. Uh, like you said, like going into it, uh, like it hadn't even occurred to me that until you mentioned it just then that um you don't know he's a, a really don't know he's a robot until the very end they, they hold that out it's the sequels where they they blow their load um on the robot stuff so well, to speak yeah sort uh, of it's this- i think the second one it it builds off of everyone's expectations of the first one nicely so it doesn't bother retreading that I think same the, stuff of well, look i think, I think, that's I think the second the, one like, is a perfect sequel it is uh, a perfect movie but uh <laughs> you say like the predator films like Predator mm. 1 is so slow and suspenseful uh-huh. and they don't blow their load showing Predator the Predator off. Is, and yeah. then every Predator sequel since then has had the problem of, okay, if we don't build up, like if we build up like that again, people will be bored. Mm. If we don't mm-hmm. do it, then it's just this like absolute mess of a, a shitty action movie. Yeah, so how do we find that middle ground? So like Terminator 2 does a, an incredible job of taking all of those things that we've already learnt about it Mm. And and like building off of it and like changing it in cool ways. Well, what what it reminds me of a little bit uh, that that reveal of the skeleton at the end and it coming out of the wreckage and it being this like oh my god it's all been building to this like of course of course he's a skeleton robot. It reminds me a bit of the fly how like yeah I was we gonna say it feels the, the... more of a retro throwback to than the slasher movie stuff. It 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 feels like that old school Hollywood. The musical mm. cue yeah, when it gets true. out yeah. and there's the fire and it's like, have a bit of like a da, da, da. and the yeah, way that she just totally. screams like Dow! it's like yeah it's but like you're right there with it you're it's like, like schlocky fifties sort of sci-fi but yeah you're like fuck because the thing mm. literally never dies yeah yeah and even though really we've seen cool. those little parts of the like robotic eye underneath the glasses and stuff. Mm-hmm. That reveal of the full metal skeleton is like incredible. <laughs> it absolutely is. That's us trying to imagine what it would be like watching it for the first time without any knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me think that when you are, when you did see it for the first time, you already knew a lot about Terminator. You had an idea. I think so. I think it's one of those movies uh, like we've talked about with um, Christ. We've talked about this with with other episodes. I'm trying to remember what. I think I think it was I think it was Silence of the Lambs that um, uh, that we talked about with this, but where it's it's such a big part of it's such a cultural uh, touchstone that I mean you you know when you're getting into it you know all the the catchphrases and the one-liners and stuff. Um, it's still thrilling, but I, I don't know you you go in with an expectation, a, a bit of a an understanding maybe of what you're getting into. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't make for a, a, a less enjoyable viewing experience, but it does make for a different one than, you know, yeah. one that was completely uh, yeah, absolutely un- uninformed. Like I was aware of how big of a, a cultural thing it was because I wanted to see it. I was like, I love action sci-fi. I want to see these mm. movies, but as my parents were, I guess, like uh, responsible, they were like, "No, you're mm. too young. You can't see it." So it yeah. was like a big deal when. My parents finally decided, like, yeah, okay, I think you guys are old enough. And so me and my older brother saw him and we, like, rented the first and the second and it would be over, like, a weekend and we watched, like, Saturday night we watched the first one and then Sunday night we got to watch the second one. (laughs) I think my brother just hadn't seen it at that point because he was less chomping at the bit to see it. So he kind of just held out until, like, I could watch it as well. And, yeah, my... Uh, knowledge of the series it surprised me that Arnie was the bad guy because I was wow because my expectation was of like you know the old um the old rating 
ads at the beginning of videotapes that explain I remember, what I know the ex- I know yeah, the one that you're talking about. It goes through all of the exactly different ratings, and there's the family in the video store, and then there's I the kid watching yeah, yes! the clip from T2, oh my God. and the kid's like, "Cool!" And, it, and the mum's like, "No, I'm going to cover his eyes from the explosion." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, that's and definitely the, the part that's there was like a Looney Tunes bit in there." Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And then like American Psycho with the the chainsaw bit is there as well for the rated R is, sequence. Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah that's funny. I missed Fuck, that ad. Dude, that ad. <laughs> so I'm going to watch that before I watch movies from now. <laughs> um, dude, it's it, it's a testament to how fucking cool this movie is. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this movie to the point where we started the episode, pretty much immediately started getting into it. And I was in my head, I was going, we're forgetting something. We're forgetting what are we forgetting? Something. Oh yeah. That whole, like the crux of this show is like how, the like what premise. we know of it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire, oh, I forgot the premise of our fucking podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I would have similarly would have seen this uh, as a kid or as a, as a young, probably maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. 11. I think would, I would have been I, when I, I saw, it was for me. saw this movie and I, I watched it. My mum uh, was like, oh, you, you'd really like the Terminator. And I watched it with her and I remember it being one of like, the most distinct memories of a movie with a sex scene that I felt really uncomfortable <laughs> watching with my parents. <laughs> like that's the that's the thing I remember the most about my first viewing of this movie. <laughs> oh dear. I remember being absolutely fucking edgy seat hooked, so suspenseful. One of the the movies that scared me the most, uh, there's only like two films that have really scared me badly, uh, but not like while watching it. While I was watching it, it was exciting. It was suspenseful. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like worried and fearing for the characters, but it's not a scare. But then yeah. going to sleep that night, just the concept, like the thought of <laughs> that like scary, dark, gross, like rotting skin Terminator and it's coming after yeah. you and it's just totally unstoppable. I was like mm. fucking like shaking. I couldn't like fall asleep because I was- wow. I was more frightened of I didn't want to fall asleep and have a nightmare about it because I would be terrified if that happened in a nightmare. So I was like right. afraid to fall asleep after watching it. <laughs> hey, that's really cool. I, I, I honestly have not watched the first Terminator movie. Uh, I don't think I've watched it since I first watched it. Holy Like thinking shit. about it, I can't recall the last time I watched this movie. I may have watched it in the last decade at some point, but it's if I did, I can't recall. Uh, so this was a fairly... Fairly fresh viewing. Yeah, cool. I watch it. I've watched it multiple times. It's probably on a ratio of like for every one time I rewatch T one, I've rewatched yeah. T two like twice or three times. In right. Between, okay. Probably. Yeah. But it's still definitely like yeah in the in the rotation there because it's it's so cool that T two is almost just a remake of this, but it changes the tone so much mm-hmm. um, and puts like the emphasis on different elements that. It doesn't just feel like they're retreading old ground. Like this has that really dark uh, look to it. Where Dude, even the this, nighttime um, scenes in T two have that just that very like bluish moonlight yeah, to them. A, where this feels like pitch black. The second one, really dark shadows. I, that's something grimy. that really surprised me. Grimy is is a, a great word to describe it. I I was uh, really taken back by just how gritty and kind of schlocky the the like kind of horror schlock the um yeah yeah uh opening uh scenes after we get that little prologue the stuff with uh kyle where he's like uh he, ha- he has the gun aimed at the cop and he's, he's like, like what year what day, what, what day is it it's thursday <laughs> what date what year and the cop goes what, what? <laughs> i was like oh yeah good one nice read dude <laughs> we, we gotta do another take now we got it 
it's got a real a real grime and, and grit to it for sure. Yeah, especially all of the scenes with the Terminator. Like, there's so much that they uh, stick to and, like, the, the sequel feels so consistent in all of the lore and how things work. But there's little elements re-watching this that I can that I've noticed that they they play up the real grimy grossness of the of the Terminator. Like once his eye is damaged and he mm. has to remove it, like they do make up to him to make the skin look like it's like dying. Yeah, it looks like rubber, rubbery, and and and, uh, and there's all the flies f- flying around him and stuff. So it's like yeah. okay, the skin is like dying and rotting off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this really gross. Kind of thing, and those repair scenes where he's cutting open his arm to fix oh, it and yeah. cutting the eyeball out, and like pulling the like wires to make yeah. his finger move and stuff. That's really cool. It's really uh, played up to be like a really gross, horrific scene where there's tension it has a there, visceral quality. Com- quality compared to, it. to in T2, where all of the battle damage he gets ripped off of his face looks really mm. cool and fun. Like you want to stare yeah. at it even more and yeah, more because you're like, totally. that's so cool. It doesn't have that yep. gross, decaying quality to it. And when he yeah, he looks rips, like an action hero. Yeah, exactly. And when he rips the um the skin off of his the all the skin off of his arm. In that mm. scene, it's not played for the same like grotesqueness. It's like a a, a friendlier, cleaner looking, cartoonish it's, kind of. Again, goal. it's cleaner, it's shinier overall. The movie has more of an action, big Hollywood blockbuster sheen to it. This feels uh, there feel there, there's a sense of resourcefulness in the storytelling and 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 how it's shot. Like the stakes in this movie, despite them being these kind of big world uh, altering like scenarios yeah, yeah. like it's, it's like literally the, the fate of the humanity fate of the humanity but uh is at stake but the the set pieces like right up to the end they kind of save the big explosion and stuff for the end but the set pieces and stuff are just her and and Kyle trying to escape in the like in and around the city the mm. her neighborhood and stuff like it's not this uh, it doesn't have this sense of scale to it that the sequels no. all had it feels like a much more personal um uh, story absolutely, and I think that's where that love story between Sarah Connor and Carl Reese also plays into it. That the the protector mm. is human in this one, so she's mm. asking him all this stuff about the future, and we're mm. getting to know him, and they're going through this together, and they have emotions. They're not machines, so there is this that aspect of the film, the love story. Bent, I I don't remember sticking with me the first time. Like it's not a thing I associate with this movie. Mm. So I really, really enjoyed it this time, like seeing their relationship evolve from initially she's like biting his hand to escape and he has to be like, like Terminator doesn't feel pain. I do. Please don't do that again. And um, uh, to like later on him him confessing his love to her and stuff and them having like, I mean, at the end she, she, she summarizes it beautifully with that, you know. We- In the few hours that we had together, we loved a lifetime's worth. It's all wrapped up in going like, hey, here's here's the scale that it's that like it's the fate of the world, but mm. the fate of the world means that Sarah can't die, and it's such a simple, yeah. small objective. It's like this one person can't die in the movie, and that's like all of the we invest all of that into into seeing yeah. her live. So yeah, they're able yeah. to. But she doesn't um, become she doesn't become a MacGuffin or or anything like. She's got personal stakes in in like needing to develop and needing to become the person that she you know has to become. 
like she starts out, we see her at her job and fucking kid puts ice cream in her pocket and stuff. <laughs> um, and she's living with her friend and things are okay. But like tip, she though. seems a bit, yeah, yeah, she seems a bit listless. She, yeah, she's going out and partying. Love life on, isn't exactly going anywhere. Yeah, it seems like she's got her job a is a pain da- in the this ass. Date that- Bails on her isn't like a regular boyfriend like her friend Ginger no. has. It's just a like exactly oh, yeah. We found a date for you to do to go on a double date kind of thing. And yeah, it's falling through. as though she's like floating, kind of spinning yeah. her wheels a bit maybe. And then by the end of the movie, she I mean it's it's grim and she's preparing for the end of the world, but she has a sense of purpose and a much greater sense of self and who she is. Yeah, really uh, in that, that, that really last cool. act where. Kyle gets injured and she becomes the one having to dr- like get him up and drag him and she's yeah, like that yeah. motivation she pulls that bit of shrapnel out of her leg. Oh. oh god. And then and then that uh you know your terminated fucker hits the button. Oy vey, it's so cool. Obviously like she Linda Hamilton is uh, legendary for her transformation in the second one of being this like badass bitch, action mm. hero. She can, you know, duke it out with the best of them sort of thing. But, yeah, you really see that change start to happen at the end of this film. And it doesn't Mm. feel like a weird departure when you see her in the second one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, It it makes sense that that's where she would logically get to. Mm. And I think, too, that instinct or her becoming kind of the, the hero or having to take charge at the end doesn't flick on like a light switch. She helps Kyle. She dresses his his wound and he's like, that's a pretty good field dressing. She's like, you like it? It's my first. Uh, and then, you know, he's showing her how to make the the explosives. Plastique. The plastique. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, she's picking up this stuff and we see that she actually has a knack for it. Yeah, totally. Besides watching it as a trying to sort of picture what people would see the very first time, uh, watching mm. it with this new lens of having seen the first Halloween and just, yeah, really noticing those similarities of being like, this guy is straight up like a fucking Michael Myers, but... Yeah, totally. He's just not wearing a mask. He's just completely stone-cold expression as he's, as he's killing people. He's sci-fi Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, just the way that he brutally murders, like, the first Sarah Connor. Oh, that sequence like, is... Boom, smash the door nuts. down. And then also, yeah, I, like, the, the, the gun store scene with your mate... Uh, from With Gremlins. Dick Mil- fucking Dick Miller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I actually, because I, I, I genuinely didn't remember him being in uh, this movie. I remembered yep. uh, Lance Henriksen. Yes. I remembered him being in the movie and I was excited to see him. But, uh, yeah, when I got to the gun store and I, I think, I don't know if you see his face or you hear his voice first, yeah, but immediately yeah. as soon as I recognised who it was, I, I actually like out loud went, ah! <laughs> like, was really excited. That's a great yeah, scene. And, and one of my uh, notes here is just Dick Miller, exclamation mark. <laughs> Oh, I thought your your um, note might be anything else. Phased plasma rifle in the forty watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. It's like, hey, just, <laughs> just what you see here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, that's a good. It's a fun <laughs> little a joke. There's um. I was surprised at how much of this movie made me laugh. Yeah, even though it is a more of a horror tone than the second one, James Cameron always has a lot of little light, like bits of comedy throughout yeah. his movies. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel like it's. It doesn't fly in the face of the overall tone either. It doesn't feel like random wacky slapstick or like comic relief characters. It's funny dialogue. It's characters, uh, comedy arising from the situations. Yeah, exactly. The, like if you want to see, them, like if you want to see the opposite, watch T three. 
Yeah, exactly. Because that's all that well, is. Uh, it's... I really like the the relationship. Speaking of um, Lance Hendrickson, the the relationship between oh, the yes. cops. Yeah, all yeah, of their yeah. dialogue um, is really funny. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lieutenant Trexler. They're they're great, and it's uh, yeah, really nice character development. We get to see them while they're discovering that the Sarah Connors are getting killed. So mm. we have a bit of like there's time for them to develop as well. So that when mm. she finally gets to the police station and they're like protecting her. We mm-hmm. actually are invested with them when they yeah. get killed, when Arnie, like, storms the police station. Yeah, yeah, which makes that sequence all the more horrifying because you're like, oh, no, they're heroes, though. Yeah, like, they're not all the these random other cops. cops. Are, like, nameless, they're like, the... you know, fodder, but, the, mm. but, like, they're heroes. Yeah, they're the hero cops. Let's go back a little bit to when the movie released. Uh, tiny sure. budget, absolutely fucking smash hit. Everyone was going wild for it. There's some really cool interviews with the... <laughs> Arnie where he's like really frank and he's like everyone like you know wants to pat you on the back and congratulate you for such a good job that you did but like nobody fucking believed in this movie and everybody thought it was just like a schlocky like yeah B movie Mm. and it like transcends that and everyone was like holy shit this is something we've never seen before it absolutely does that that the the schlocky thing um it's definitely there that that opening oh that opening title put me in the headspace of like didn't didn't enemy mine open with that yeah yeah it's a a similar thing text on screen like it, it, it is that, but it absolutely transcends it. Mm. So uh, Arnie wasn't always going to play uh, the Terminator originally. So Lance Hendrickson, mm-hmm. who plays one of those cops, he was originally mm-hmm. cast, uh, and there's some actual like poster artwork of the Terminator, but it's drawn as him, not Arnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of fun. But that was when it was, uh, I think the script was still in development because it was a very different uh, take on what the Terminator was. He was... Okay. Uh, he had a lot more personality and he like blended in with people and he was just sort of like a weird, creepy kind of serial killer vibe. He had ah. um he had metal teeth. And this was all kind of stuff that Lance Hendrickson was like workshopping and coming up with. And so ah. he would go into like they would be doing auditions, I think, for Sarah Connor, and he would like show up and act like the Terminator to like all of the receptionists and stuff and in the interviews. Right, okay. And, yeah, he really uh, got into it and liked that really, like, weird, quirky uh, shit that he was going with. But then they decided to not go with that, um, which uh, is why, like, they gave him a a different role in the film Mm -hmm. to not be a total asshole to him because they liked him. (laughs) And they were like, you're a great actor, but we're going in a different direction, so we'll give you this cop character where he he says, oh, I hate the weird ones, which is hilarious since he was the weirdest one. And then he gets to be... uh, Bishop in Aliens, which again is a very, uh, you can see that he's having a lot of fun playing with that, like I'm a cyborg character, quirky. Yeah, he he kills sort it. Sort of thing. Yeah, totally kills it. One of the uh, top picks before they got to Arnie was actually OJ Simpson. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, I, th- I don't know if it was James Cameron that said, but someone, either James Cameron or one of the producers, thought he was too too uh, friendly looking to, to be believable <laughs> as a murderer. <laughs> Uh, so wow fuck man that's crazy this movie would not have aged like no. we would not be Oof. talking about it in the same way no yeah, absolutely oh, God. Have that legacy. it would be it would be a stain a smear oh, <laughs> god is that Good like grief. art not imitating life because they didn't cast him or is it still art imitating that's, life because that's art, art very fortunately sidestepping life yeah <laughs> Uh, really quick, back on on uh, Lance Hendrickson's performance and yep. his relate their their relationship, the uh, Lance's character and Lieutenant Trexler's relationship in in the movie. 
best fucking line, the thing that like made me like laugh out loud to the point where I had to pause the movie <laughs> yeah, which for one? a second to collect myself real back because I'd missed some dialogue. Was the um when he's like, uh, maybe you know, maybe we can make these work, these reporters work for us for once. How do I look? Like shit, boss. Your mama. Your mama. <laughs> Your mama. It's so fucking good. I love their relationship where he he like talks too much and he just goes on these like rambling shit and like he enjoys <laughs> it too much. And Trexler's a bit more like cool, karma collected. And and like slightly more uh, cynical. Like or he, I mean when the first scene we get with him is is Lance showing him photos mm. and uh Trexler being like, you know, I got I got eyes. I got I eyes, what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. And then when um when Kyle gets uh, captured in the police station and they're interviewing him for his story and they're behind the glass, mm-hmm. uh, like Hendrickson is talking about Dr. Silverman. He's like, oh, he fucking cracks me up. The other day he was doing this and he's like, hey, shut up. <laughs> and he's like listening. He's actually like, he's like, yeah, this all sounds crazy, but he's actually paying attention and being like, hold yeah, on a second. Yeah, he's more of a, like, yeah, this a dude more seems, of a professional. Yeah, he seems like this guy seems really fucking adamant that like he believes this. It doesn't sound like this is just a... A, a disturbed person with a delusion. Yeah. Like there's something yeah. about it that, that gets him there. And I love like that, just like that cutting off Hendrickson whenever he's going on a ramble, when he's like, you see this scar? And he's like, gives him back the body armor. He's like, thank you. <laughs> yep. No, go away. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Could have been on PCP, broke everybody bone in his hand. He wouldn't feel it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, that bit where they're watching the the psychi- psychiatrist, psychologist, the, yeah. the therapist dude, I was like, oh, what else has this guy been in? And I looked it up and I was like, oh, he's in the second and he, third yeah, Terminator he, movies. He comes back. He's the, he comes back in the second one and that's why, like, I, I did completely slip my mind that that's why Sarah Connor is, like, really fucking embittered and, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hateful towards the, the shrinks that she's dealing with in the second one mm. is because she dealt, dealt with this one in the first one who massacred everyone at the police station. Who he fucking walks past yeah, he on gets the way out. out. I that was so the fucking, fucking pager funny. goes that, that, off and he yeah, looks the pager down going and off and, Arnie. And, and like Arnie walking right past. It, that's such a funny shot. Like yeah. whether I think intentionally so. Like that's that's a darkly funny bit. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. They know what they were doing. I like how they they break up that scene of Kyle being interviewed where we get the first half in the actual room and then we get to have some Arnie. Uh, repairing himself or whatever and getting mm. that like body horror and then we get to watch them watching the tape back with Sarah Connor so it's not mm-hmm. like this it's like the biggest sort of like exposition dump in the movie but they've split it up yeah. in a nice way and giving it like the second half of it a different context when like Sarah's watching it back yeah, we're getting yeah. more from and, her and as well at the same time context too because he becomes more like volatile as as they as they're interrogating him and treating him like he's a fucking crazy person and and yeah talking very, really condescendingly to him and like, no, no, I know he's yeah. a scary robot, but <laughs> do you think maybe you've been smoking a crack? Yeah. And, and he's like, what's his line? He's like like uh, screaming at the fucking camera, like, you're reaching to reach down, down the throat, throat and rip her fucking heart out. <laughs> so tough, dude. Like goosebumps. That and the car park scene where he's talking about like being in the in the war and oh, yeah, and being in the camps and stuff and, and, and all that. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. He's got the barcode. And describing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, what are they called? The, the HKs, Hunter Killers? Yeah. 
it starts with the the soundtrack in, in this movie, but um, this movie and like sci-fi kind of robot scary what ifs have influenced the band Fear Factory to no end. Uh, like as soon as you hear the soundtrack, that it's it's basically like Fear Factory music is basically the synth from this movie with like this machine-like precision uh, riffage behind it and these like pummeling like piston drums mm. um, and the singer basically being like. What if your toaster wanted to kill you? <laughs> but they've got a song on their on their album Demanufacture called HK parentheses Hunter Killer. Fuck yeah! Nice. I was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, that that, so, that yeah, main really cool. theme is so fucking good, mm. and I love the yeah, version the main in this movie. Great. And all the like, I really like all the music in this movie. Some of it sounds a little bit um of of its time. Like there's yeah, some of its stuff time, that sounds it, a little goofy. It sounds a bit messy, like uh, crowded, like they're throwing everything at the wall. Uh, with yeah, some of the it's mainly during. Stuff. The, there's a couple of bits where they try to, when it's kind of used to set mood or, or atmosphere, it's it's used really effectively. When it becomes like this uh, front and center, I think when it's uh, mostly during kind of soundtrack yeah, when it's during the the chases when it's front and center yeah. that it gets a bit like and a little bit little bit hokey. Yeah, uh, calm yeah, down a yeah. bit. But the really moody atmospheric synth stuff is fucking well, awesome. Well, yeah, the um. It's really fucking genius that kind of that same beat from the main theme slowed down mm. when the Terminator is just like stalking different places mm. and it's just like dum 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 boom 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 and it's like a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Yeah, but it has this like metallic Yeah, uh, it's uh, coldness to it. It's got a bit of that kind of jaws like dun 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 inspiration mm. to it as mm. well as that just that like heartbeat but kind of artificial yeah, it's, it, it it's really how, like, it, like it really like sets the mood and creates like tension in the scene where it's just a dude like walking along like not yeah. doing anything. It's funny how those sorts of soundtracks, uh, I guess, especially in like horror, sci-fi, action kind of stuff, uh, those like one or two note kind of things that just repeat uh, become so iconic. Like we talked about, we were talking about Halloween earlier. That theme, that um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously got the but yeah, John Carpenter. But there's also the dan 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 dan. Like when he's like sitting up in the closet and stuff, mm. uh, and that becomes so iconic as well. Something I'd uh, not remembered at all, uh, aside from that first flashback where uh, Kyle is in the car and falls asleep. The flashbacks in this movie, there's like there's what, a heap three of them. All up? Yeah, like they they're like sort of spaced out enough that it feels like it's a consistent thing. Where yeah, it's nice. T two is just like oh, we get that little bit at the beginning, and then boom, here's the movie. And it's yeah, re- yeah, yeah. it's really nice getting to see a little bit of context for his life like what he had to deal with growing up to survive. Mm-hmm. And seeing how that society lives and stuff. Yeah, like it's so, you think about it now, there's so many movies and series and stuff. Like we didn't have any of that information and it's an interesting enough world that you do want to know more about it. So they give you that mm. through some of those flashbacks. I love when he goes down into that bunker. I think me and my brother said it at the same time when there's the two little kids cuddled around the TV and we're like, they've got TV and then it cuts to the opposite <laughs> angle the and there's fire. a fire inside of the TV <laughs> yeah. set. That's so funny. That yeah, laugh. Yeah. It's funny that in all of those flashbacks, they end with him in danger, about to be killed or set on fire and then he just wakes up and we're like, we never know how he escaped <laughs> that moment. Yeah, true, especially with that. Um, I, I mean, you're right with all of them. Uh, the first one. But when the fucking Terminator's like in, like in the, the bunker with car, him. Yeah, and then Shooting the Terminator away. in the bunker. That shot is horrifying. With Him, the glowing like, red that eyes, completely backlit with the glowing red eyes, is yeah, with so that huge menacing, laser so gun cool. just fucking yeah, mowing people yeah. down. 
and uh, I, I love I love that 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 scene sets up the idea that dogs can can sense the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, it was well, kind of like, like riffing on that that dog dog smell evil <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, in the same way that we understand that he's searching for Sarah Connor because we get a couple of those close-up shots of them looking through the, the phone book. Yeah, without so any you, dialogue. okay, they're both looking for Sarah And then Connor. we get to get that scene where when she's working and her friend calls her into the break room, she's like, it's it's about you. Well, not really. Look, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. And she doesn't you're really dead. find it funny. The same way with the dogs. They're, like, we've had the dog barking on the front lawn to the the first Sarah Connor that he goes to oh, kill. Oh, true. I didn't even I didn't even. so it's, it's there throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and then finally with sort of that scene where we get to see, we get to see that the dog was the first thing. Like, the second that dog started barking, Kyle jumps up because he knows that something's wrong. Mm. And mm-hmm. then it's only until after that when they get to the motel that there's a dog there and she's like, oh, nice dog. And he's like, yeah, we use it to to track Terminators. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there is, like, they eventually explain it with dialogue, but we get to see it in action, in motion, like, multiple times before that. Speaking of uh, that first scene where he kills the first Sarah Connor and the dog's barking and it's that lovely suburban neighbourhood and also the scene we're kind of, uh, like, up to or or where in the movie we're discussing right now, it was a a really fucking cute parallel when he gets out of the car in that that suburban neighbourhood and stomps on the, like... The 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 truck toy. uh, The truck toy. And then later on he gets fucking mowed down by one. Yeah. (laughs) Like, pretty much after that scene in in the hotel. Or motel. I can't remember, don't know the difference. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was... Because when he stood on that, I was like, isn't there a truck in Terminator 2? <laughs> could that have been, a? Could that have been a, like, a cute little throwback? And then it happens later in the movie. I was like, oh, oh cool. Yeah, no, it was planned. Oh, no, this movie. Oh, another, th- another thing that... And I don't know if this is a, a direct influence. This might just be the, like, the they live thing, the me seeing it everywhere. But the club mm-hmm. that she is at um, where she... Uh, which is an amazing scene. The, Te- the Tech fucking, Noir. Yeah, that Tech is... Noir. There's a There's an shit. album by Gunship called Tech Noir. That scene is amazing. Sorry, it's a song called Tech Noir. The, the album is just the self-titled Gunship album. Right. But, yeah, I, I saw that and was like, could it be? <laughs> It could be. Uh, additionally, there's a band called Austrian Death Machine that do uh, like songs entirely based on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And there's one called well, like yeah. "Give Me Your Your uh, Your Clothes, Your Boots, Your, your Motorcycle" or something yeah. like that. She goes out of the pizza place when she hears that the second one gets killed. The second Sarah Connor has mm. been killed, and Kyle is following her. And we haven't mm. seen enough yet to necessarily know that he's a good guy. Still, like there's still yeah, a bit of yeah. uh, like stalker vibes. About him, well, that- this is this is where I was like, "Fuck! I wish I could experience this movie for the mm. first time because, like, I know he's the good guy." So, and you kind of get the sense because he's I, fighting the machines in the flashback, but yeah, exactly. You still don't know because the tone is so like yeah, grim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, she finally gets onto the to the cops. So they're like, "Yep, don't worry. You're in a public place. You'll be safe. We'll be. We'll have a car around in a hot minute." And then finally, when uh, Arnie gets there really nicely. Like she couldn't get onto the police, so she leaves the voice message to her housemate. Housemate gets killed. Yeah. Like so perfect. Just like he kills the, the the two of them. He's checking to make sure that it's her. Here's yeah. Sarah on the the bloody voicemail. Yeah, on the answering machine finds her little student card and he's like, yep. he's got he's got a picture of her now, and he knows where mm-hmm. she is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Every new bit of information that gets revealed to us or to re- revealed to, you know, one of the characters has has you going like, oh, no. Just like, like just one feeling worse another. and worse, yeah, for, for Sarah. And then when she knocks over the bottle and it goes into slow motion and she bends down just as Arnie walks past and is, like, scanning his head left to right oh. and, like, just misses her. 
Uh, that's when she looks up, sees Reese. So then she yeah. looks away. Yeah. Because Reese is looking at her, and that's when the Terminator turns around and sees her. So she doesn't realize that she's been spotted by the Terminator. Yeah. And she doesn't even know he's like who, he, who is. he is or that he's a yeah. threat. That he's Until after he, her. Like, it's, it's really he's right in front of masterful. her and pulls the gun out. Yeah, masterful suspense building. And it's just that like everything kind of gets quieter, and mm. it's in slow motion, and then suddenly that shot of the 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 red the, the, the yeah. uh, laser pointer, fucking red dot on her head. Oh, so and then just like boom, 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 shotgun. Like holy shit. Yeah. And you think like, yeah, he's been like you don't know how strong this dude is or what he what he actually is. He's been mowing mm. down people. Mm-hmm. Like, not giving a shit. But then when he actually gets up after getting shot by a shotgun like five, six times, it's like, yeah, what the having fuck? Having a shotgun like unloaded into him. Yeah. And then, of course, that so iconic cool. line. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, like, I, I think, yeah. um, I mean, again, for how schlocky this movie had the potential to be, the script is fucking tight as anything and it is shot and directed and cut beautifully and so effectively yeah i think the probably in the car chase after that uh technoir scene and the mm-hmm. shooting up the police station it's a the the editing is a bit sort of hectic and not quite like pitch perfect like everything else mm-hmm. it gets a little bit away from them but i think the action in the so i'm watching it and i'm thinking like oh yeah Okay, so it's getting a little bit off the rails here, not quite mm-hmm. as refined as that first act is where it's really building up that tension. But they do, they pull it back and that whole the truck sequence of getting chased and blowing it up and then finally it being the skeleton, mm. uh, all of that stuff is really, really good and really well paced and really suspenseful. Yeah, I feel like when it, um, when it really, when it matters most, when it, when, it, uh, when it really counts, like you say, they pull it back and they shoot uh, effectively and, and show us, only what we need to be shown. Uh, th- th- nothing feels superfluous. And uh, there's that sense of like as they go on and on and on and it just doesn't die. Like they're getting hurt, but it's also getting injured. So they're slowing down, but it's slowing down after them, but it's still I, I chasing them. Yeah, I the love point that where we get to see the, the so damage. There's so many false like endings where you think like they blow up the truck. <laughs> okay, they blew up the thing. And then it's like just a torso chase, like crawling after her. Yeah. So it's like the pace really is slowing making... down, slowing down, but it just keeps drawing out longer and longer when you finally think it's over. It's like, no, it's still fucking just on yeah, its fingertips yeah. crawling towards her. It really it gives that like sense so many of, of like indestructible, unstoppable. Yeah, it's amazing. A- absolutely. It feels like this movie does a really good job of um, all of its most iconic scenes and lines um, kind of promise something that the movie then makes good on. Like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from from the outset, that that opening uh, bit of text grabs you immediately, immediately hooks you, and then it just delivers on it for the next hour and forty minutes. But that that scene, the "Come with me if you want to live," the when he that spiel of you know he he will he doesn't feel remorse, he you know will not stop yeah. and all that shit absolutely delivers on that. We get to see that promise like made good on. He does yeah. not stop, can't stop, won't stop, dude. Yeah, and people fucking give Arnie a hard time about his acting. Nobody fucking can do this role but him. Every no, other absolutely. film where we've had a person, the, like the only other good one is the T-1000 and he is playing a different type of Terminator that does emote and is a an infiltrator, like properly. He can act mm. like a human and is believable. Mm. This one is just a a machine but is physically looks perfectly like a human but can't 
can't do the actual personality or emotions as a human to, to pass properly. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just a case of him being like a, a big, dumb, tough guy who well, can't Well, that's the thing. I think emote. most like people he... attribute it to being like, oh, he can't act, so therefore he just doesn't emote. And it's like watching every other person in a Terminator movie try and act like a Terminator, they always do like angry faces and stuff like that. It's like, well, this no, is the thing. it's hard to be that he... emotionless. And his physicality exactly. and is he... like amazing. Yeah, his physicality is is spot on. He acts like a robot. I remember watching. Uh, it's been again years since I've watched the the special features and stuff. Mm. But I remember that one of the I think one of the producers or maybe James Cameron talking about Arnie's performance and like the little things that he does in his performance that really sell it that no one else was doing mm. and that that ultimately made them go, "We got to get this guy." It was like even his eye movement, like his eyes will move, then his head will move with it. Like it mm. has this mechanical kind of. Uh, automaton quality to it, you know? Yeah, and just like how James Cameron designs all of this stuff, he's got a real technical mind. So when you see Mm -hmm. that Terminator skeleton, it doesn't look fantastical. Like, it looks like what an actual engineer, how someone would design it. You can see Mm -hmm. all of the the shoulder joints of like, okay, this is where it can lift from and this is how it rotates and everything looks like it would actually exist on a machine that would would be that way. Mm. But it's, Arnie sells the performance so well that you do imagine that, robot skeleton being inside of him yeah totally you actually visualize it when you can see the the like his face getting peeled off and it's underneath mm-hmm. that's what you imagine the whole of his body being yeah that's it how makes all that stuff all the more effective and and horrifying um and i do love that that we get to see him uh like you said earlier with the the rotting flesh and stuff but you get to see him get more and more fucked up as the movie goes and pretty much it's not like from a certain point he's fucked up like even after that first encounter they have outside the bar his fucking eyebrows yeah, the are eyebrows off. get burnt off. He looks so <laughs> weird know? with no eyebrows. <laughs> he looks. So, everyone looks fucked with no eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but he absolutely does. And he's like, got that yeah. old school Arnie hairdo at the beginning with the longer hair, where he's got it like parted, yeah. and then it gets yeah. singed, off, singed off short. It's not quite that iconic haircut you can set your watch to, like he has it in T <laughs> two. It's yeah. like a fucked up burnt version of that, and then no eyebrows. It's fucking great. That's there's some of some of the effects are the things that don't hold up very well in in this. I, I think some of the effects. So all the flashback stuff, I was like, this is great. Like I remember you all mentioning that, that yeah. some of the effects don't hold up, and all the flashback stuff, I was like, this is great. This holds up miraculously well. And I was then it surprised got to by how much the, stuff the, held the up. The shot of of uh, the skeleton like walking down the hallway as they're trying to shut the door. Mm. That's that's the big offender. That's yeah. that's the main there's offender. A, there's a couple of offenders, but yeah, I was thinking of those those offenders and thinking it was more consistently throughout the movie. But like a lot of that makeup is really good. Him cutting open the arm is like amazing. Still, it's and, oh, and when he's chucking the little exacto blade into his eye, that's like <laughs> ugh, like skin crawling Grotty. kind of grossness but then yeah. when there's the full like fully lit reverse shot of um after he's done it and it's the like the mecha- fully mechanical head with the eye that can actually like the iris opens and closes and stuff it's so it goofy does, like it you does can tell, look a little bit like a dummy head yeah. you can tell it's a dummy head it's really obvious and i think yeah i could i'd like 11 years old i noticed that the first time watching it yeah okay yeah yeah that's fair but then like yeah as you say as it goes on when he gets run over by that truck and then he's got like chunks of his forehead missing and the eyeballs mm. fully exposed. And there's, you know, like the bit of the jaw as well as coming through. That makeup looks really good. Mm. And when they're cutting back and forwards between it in the truck, they have a, a dummy head as well where the, the cheek mm. is all ripped open and you can see like deep inside the cheek. And they're cutting right, back and okay. forwards between a dummy head and Arnie in the makeup. It's much uh-huh. better there because it's a 
dimly lit truck compartment. Yeah, right. You can still kind of notice it, but it it doesn't like stand out as being this like weird out of place thing. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, when it's the full skeleton, it's that stop motion that isn't great. Yeah. Like you said, that one shot where it's behind them chasing after them as they're trying to close the door, that looks really goofy. There's a couple of shots. Yeah, that just looks like strangely composited. Yeah. Um, I think it was because they used uh, rear projection uh, for a lot of the scenes. So one of the rear projection scenes that looks excellent is where in the future flashback um, where he throws that big like grenade thing under the the tank tread and blows it Uh up. There's a shot where he's in the foreground hiding behind some rubble and then the background Mm -hmm. is like a cinema screen where they're projecting the miniature shot onto. And it's like that looks really awesome. And that that like tech of reprojection, they go on to do that in Aliens and T2, and it looks fucking flawless there as well. But it's mm. that something about that stop motion Terminator then reprojected onto them, and it feels like they're kind of like ramping the speed up a bit too fast. Like they did the animation, and they were like, "It looks a little bit too slow. We want to make the tension a bit better, so he needs to come at the door quicker." Yeah, speeding it up, it looks a, a bit more goofy as well. But there's a couple of shots where they're not the scene with the Terminator and it's stop motion that don't look that bad. Like you can kind of look at it and go, mm. oh, it doesn't look great, but it's got a quality there that looks better than really early CG because there's still a lot of like dark shadows over the the Terminator and stuff when it's just mm-hmm. walking and doing that limp. Yeah, that, that, that bit's good. That was something that I liked that Arnie gets that limp after getting run over by the truck just and before. Then the and then the robot So then the robot continues having that that limp, which is awesome. That's really cool. Stan Stan Winston did the the robot special effects for this movie, who is the ah, absolute nice. fucking legend, uh, like did all the Alien and, and Predator and stuff as well. He was the one that they were originally going to go like all stop motion and he convinced them that he's like, no, I think we can do a lot of this stuff practically with a full-size ah. puppet. And that stuff holds up really well because the it was pu- the, all of the close-up stuff. Stuff of the of the skeleton looks amazing. Mm. So they would have a hero puppet from the shoulder up, and mm-hmm. that would be on top of a puppeteer's shoulders. So ah, they would neat. literally just shoot like he would be crouched down, or they would just move the camera up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the cutaways that go from the close-ups of its head or the close-ups of its feet climbing the stairs and stuff—that's all really good. But yeah, as a kid, I remember like giggling at how bad that stop-motion shot was. <laughs> I feel like knowing the that that bit of uh, history on on like budgetary constraints um, or, or problems they ran into m- makes I, I think has me feeling a lot more forgiving of the elements of this movie that that don't uh, hold up super well visually. Yeah, it's definitely budgetary. Like, 84 is old enough that it's like, oh, no, we've got other movies from the 80s with examples that have better-looking stop motion or this or that. Like, I think the Ed 209 stop-motion sequences in Robocop probably hold up a little bit better than the Terminator skeleton sequences. Maybe. I'd have to look at them kind of back-to-back. I would would think them uh, quite comparable. It's pretty close, I think. Tackiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely just something that you, the human eye just immediately notices when it's not smooth enough. Yeah. But, uh, like, overall, I think so much passion has gone into making every other aspect of this movie as good as it possibly could be that, I mean, it's it stands the test of time for a very good reason and not just because it's Arnold yeah, you know, that's doing right. his thing. Yeah, it's the testament that you can... There's four more sequels after T1 and 2 mm-hmm. and they're all trash and <laughs> it's more enjoyable to go back and watch this one that has some goofy effects that don't hold up. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a infinitely more entertaining film than those sequels. Yeah, and and uh, a much 
it's a much more compelling viewing experience with a story that's like relatable and and you can connect with it even though it is this uh, you know the 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 fate of humanity hanging in mm. the balance sort of thing. It manages to feel um, you know personal and 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 all those things we talked about. And I think that that helps it uh, helps it along. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, yeah, I think that helps it along a lot. Or helps it um, retain, like have that that staying power. The the sequels become more about the the sheer spectacle, whereas this it felt like, all right, we don't have the budget for spectacle. <laughs> let's you know, let's make something good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, well, for a budget of about six and a half million dollars, fucking no shit. TV commercials fucking cost that much nowadays. Wow, dude. Yeah, it's absolutely unreal. Well, fuck, man. That's, that's, that's what I really mean cool. by like. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, ho, 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 doing the whole Hollywood pat him on the back. <laughs> and like, Arnold's yeah. like, fuck you. Fuck yeah, you, yeah, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arnie knows it. Well, yeah, because yeah. like he fucking, he was told like, no, uh, no, nah, nah, your accent, you're too weird. Like no one's going to want to watch you in a movie. So people have a go at him for his, uh, his acting chops. But he is so fucking entertaining to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. That he became like the highest paid actor um, in Hollywood, I think, around the time of Batman and Robin or something. And it's yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's captivating in in uh, how I don't know unconventional his his whole shtick is. His he I literally mean, went of, like, from where we're coming from. His accent, uh, his, his 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 excuse me, his physicality. The physicality thing was a thing as well. They were like, yeah, no, you're too big. Like we don't want to see like bo- people don't want to see bodybuilders like you in in leading roles. And he was like, "No, fuck you on the accent, fuck you on the on the bodybuilding." <laughs> and he created the the '80s action hero uh, legacy really. of yeah. everyone having to be that fucking big. Like we mm. still see it in Marvel movies of bloody Chris Evans uh, bulking up to be Cap. Mm. It, it like remains to this day, and he fucking like pioneered it almost like all by himself against yeah, like yeah. everybody else telling him that he couldn't do it. It's yep. fucking awesome. All right. Well, I got nothing else to say about this movie, dude. I I loved it. I'll um I'll definitely be uh visiting this one a lot sooner next time round than I did this time. God yeah, damn. yeah. Don't don't let it be another ten years until you watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have differing opinions of these objective facts that we have now just laid down. <laughs> You can you can you can message us on any of our uh, social medias. We now have uh, links in the description of the episode, so you can click on any of those: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagrams, uh, Patreon. That's right. We also have a Patreon. So if you want to yes. tip us a few a few bucks, uh-huh. there's you get access, early access to episodes. Uh, I think last week we mentioned extra extra alternate thumbnails, episode mm-hmm. art, all those sort of little juicy inside deets, or you can answer the question of the episode. Ooh, okay. Uh, what is the most like obtuse Terminator, um, or by extension Arnie, but let's say Terminator uh, reference in pop culture or in something that you like that's unrelated to Terminator that you you've noticed? Ooh. Again, damn. I'm going to spend the rest of the day. I'm going to listen to some Fear Factory. I'm going to chuck <laughs> some Monster Death Machine on, and I'm going to listen to Gunship. Listen, spin that tech noir. Holy shit, that's a good one. I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I've got that problem of I'm seeing it everywhere that like I can't yeah, yeah. I can't think There's of like the ones really like, obscure you know, things. Yeah, parodies and stuff like that. But um, I was surprised just how much of the uh, 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 like 
kind of deep cuts stuff or, or subtle subtle hints and references. You know, subtle maybe not being the, the best way to describe <laughs> Austrian Death Machine in naming convention or sound, but I digress. So, yeah, you can tweet us that your answers at Rose Tint Review on Twitter. Next week, what are you feeling, Connor? I could go for a laugh at the moment. Yeah, and a laugh would be we nice. Talked about, we talked about Terminator 2 being a perfect sequel. I haven't seen the sequel to this movie, but Borat. Borat. I would be keen to hit Borat at some point. I would be very keen to hit Borat because I haven't seen it in its entirety. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen it since I saw it in cinemas, um, which I, I, it only dawned on me the other day, but that movie came out in 2006. Wow. I I saw that in cinemas. I was absolutely not the appropriate age to see that in cinemas. <laughs> I don't know. How, and I saw it with a bunch of friends. I don't know how we got in. Yeah, I'd be really interested in doing Borat. All right, let's hit Borat. Something funny. Uh, have have a have a few chuckles, few Some yucks. chuckles, something to make you think as well, probably. I don't know about that. We'll find out. I don't know. I don't remember it that well. I just remember it being quite stupid, which I'm excited for in and of itself. Awesome. All right. Well, if you're watching along at home, we highly recommend you watch Borat in the lead up to next week's episode, so you've got all of that context for what we're talking about. That's it. And and get ready, because good grief, I just know that I'm going to unload the shitty Borat accent like how the amount of how, how many times are we going to say like very nice and my wife and etc anyway <laughs> so join us next time when we find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses 